0: To continue on here. People are chatty. They're chatting. All right. Well, I'm not going to make you yell Merry Christmas at me, so you're welcome. Yeah, oh, thanks. 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 My name is Stephanie, I'm one of the pastors here, and I want to be the last person of many to welcome you. Um, It's really important to us that if you're visiting here today that you understand that we really mean that. And I know I speak for our Mill City community when I say there's no reason that you are not able to be part of our family today. I think sometimes when people come into a new space or come into a faith community, there's wonderings about, is this a place that I can belong and fit? And there's no reason that you wouldn't belong today. And I know that our community feels that way. So thank you for coming to spend this special, important day with us here today. Um, I, uh, I've been reflecting on something this season and decided that this is what I wanted to talk about today. I'm super excited that we've got some of our elementary kids and our junior high students here with us today. Because I just really feel like there's something I want to share with everybody. All right? Our whole whole family. And here at Mill City, we often talk about how our young kids, we don't see you all as the future of the church. You are the church now. And we are excited that you will hopefully also be a part of the future, but we love you and we're so glad that you're here and you're with us now. And so I was thinking about kind of three, three different things that might seem really ordinary, but are actually really extraordinary. So if you think about the word extraordinary, it's putting an extra, ordinary. So something's ordinary and then it's extraordinary or extraordinary. And that's what I want to talk about today. On an otherwise ordinary night... Jesus' birth makes what seems ordinary actually extraordinary. This is what I want us to reflect on today. On the very first Christmas, ordinary people like you and like me, some of you are like, don't call me ordinary, but I think we're all pretty ordinary people. You know, we're just normal people. And uh, these people were waking up in the morning in this little town called Bethlehem, right? And they're going about their daily lives. There was a lot of relatives in town. Some of you might feel like that's familiar because there was a census, so people had to go back to their hometown. So I bet there were people that got up in the morning and they were thinking, oh man, we gotta make food for all these people. We've gotta get to the market. Some people went about their daily work that they did. People went through all the tasks that they normally had and they had no idea that this ordinary day was actually gonna be extraordinary because Jesus, the savior of the world, was gonna be born that night in their little And I wonder about how often I go through my day not realizing that this very same Jesus, who we celebrate as Emmanuel, which means the with us God, the God who is with us, this very same Jesus is with me. And every day seems so ordinary, but perhaps if I really took time to ponder in my heart what it means that the God of the universe, that Jesus, Emmanuel, is with me. In my ordinary days, maybe some of my ordinary days would seem little less ordinary and maybe actually extraordinary, because Jesus is with us. Jesus is with me, and Jesus is with you. So here's, here's the thing I want you to remember today. Jesus' presence makes what se- may seem ordinary, extraordinary. Jesus' presence makes what may seem ordinary, extraordinary. So I want to look at three scenes with you today. And during these scenes, we're going to stop in between them and have some time to sing some carols together. But as we look at these three scenes, I think you'll see how some of the things that maybe seem very ordinary are actually extraordinary, but only for one reason, and that is that Jesus is now born. So we'll look at these three scenes and say, "Man, they must have been extraordinary, or people would not be celebrating it 2,000 years later." That makes something extraordinary. So listen closely to the story. Maybe many of you have heard the story of Jesus' birth multiple times, many times. Maybe it's been a while. But as you're listening to the story, I want you to listen really close because I think there's some ordinary things that are mentioned that at first might seem really ordinary, but actually are much more important than they might seem. So we know that the first Christmas took place in Bethlehem, like I just said. And this is important because it was prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus was born that he'd be born in Bethlehem. The, the nickname for Bethlehem was the city of David. And that is because King David's family was going to be present. And the only reason that Jesus' family, Joseph and his mom, Mary, were in that town is because of one thing. We know what it is, the census. This is a census that this guy, Caesar Augustus, the leader of the Roman Empire, wanted to take. Why would somebody who's a leader like Caesar want to have a census? Well, if you have an empire and your empire is getting bigger, I want to know how many people I've got in my empire. Let's get counts of these people. And so that's really what he was doing. He wanted to find out how many people he had in his powerful empire that was getting more empire, more powerful all the time. Now here's the thing. The Roman Empire, and it's pretty corrupt leaders, they wanted everybody to think that they actually cared about peace. They actually talked about peace all the time. These leaders in this empire said, You know, we're, we're not controlling everybody. We want you to have peace. But the truth is, is that many people, including this first century Jewish community, were very oppressed. They had to do whatever the Caesar told them that they had to do because if not, they would fear their very lives. And so it wasn't just a nice opportunity to go back to your hometown, you better go or else. And so they headed back to this place where Jesus was was so importantly being born but only because of this. And so Joseph's family, if you just imagine it, they're probably traveling by caravan. Like his whole extended family traveling together back to their hometown together to Bethlehem, the city of David. And Joseph was from the royal line of David. He is he's a royal of that time, but of a people group that is very oppressed and very, at this time, very poor. So look for the ordinary in this first part of the story as I read it. Luke 2. We'll have it up here. In the, you can follow along, but feel free to pull out a phone or a Bible if you want to. I'm just going to read part of, of Luke 2. So they've come to Bethlehem, and then it says here, starting in verse 6. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She, Mary, wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Well, it kind of makes sense that there was no guest room available for them, a whole caravan of relatives had come in, and so most people had just one guest room, and so the guest rooms were very full. Um, But I want to talk about two ordinary things that are mentioned here, and I brought examples for us to look at. Now, this is probably not an accurate replica of a first-century manger. And uh, this dish towel is not the clothes that baby Jesus was wrapped in. I can guarantee you that right now. But when we think about these very ordinary objects, let me tell you how extremely ordinary they would be. There's much, many things that people talk about when we think about uh, Jesus and where he was born. But in Bethlehem, there was many little homes They were very small. Most people probably had one room to their house, and some people had two, and the second room was for guests only. So that meant that the whole family slept in one room. Kids, I want you to imagine that tonight, everyone in one room. The whole family slept in one room. Now, there was other people that, there's other, well, people, I'm I'm the person that would call this group of things people, the animals. I love pets. The animals came and slept inside. Did you know that? Does anybody here sleep with their pets? Okay, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. However, my dog, I think, dreams about chasing squirrels, so he kicks me a lot, and then I kick him out of the bed. But this is what would have been true. In this big room, they would bring in maybe a couple sheep, maybe a goat, and it would be so important that they brought those animals in so that they were safe. But also, guess what? Animals breathe out some warm air, and so it helped people stay warm. Bethlehem got really cold at night. In fact, I just looked today. Tonight in Bethlehem, in Israel, it's going to get just a little bit above freezing. That's how cold it will get tonight. And so many people would bring their animals in to keep them warm, and in everyone's house, there would be a manger. It's a spot for the animals to eat. Just like in my house, I have a little bowl for my dog's food, and it stays out all the time. And so the manger would stay out all day, even though the animals came in at night. And Inside would be some straw for the animals to eat and for them to be able to, to make it through the night in case they got hungry. So many families had one or two mangers in their very home. And so when you hear about a manger in a story, it's like, oh yeah, like a dog dish. We've all got one of those. And then you think about this, this other thing, this cloth that was wrapping the little baby, and that's pretty normal too. Many people would wrap the little babies with cloth, kind of like we still do today, right? To keep them warm and snug. And so a manger and some swaddling cloth is pretty normal, ordinary stuff, especially in the first century. The first Christmas night, we're not exactly sure where this manger is. Maybe you've read about it. Some people say, you know, maybe it was in like a barn or some sort of, of, of space in, where, where animals were, st- were kept in like a stable. Other people say maybe it was in a cave. But did you know that many scholars think, you know what? It might have actually been a manger right in the middle of a living room. It really might have been. Right in the same space where the animals slept, all the family members slept. So kids, I want you to imagine that tonight your parents say to you, guess what? One of your relatives is coming to town. You've actually never met her. She's going to have a baby in our living room. Okay, so just be ready for that. There's no way to prepare anyone for that, I'm pretty sure. And so this could have been exactly what happened. That Mary came and then gave birth to this little child, wrapped the child in whatever cloth was available, and the manger was just a perfect warm spot with some soft hay to place a little newborn baby because it would have been right there in the room with everybody else. So in many ways, this is pretty ordinary. At that time, it was normal for women, if they couldn't be born in a guest room, to be born in the one main room of the house. The houses only had one main room. And so usually people would exit, and some women would come in and help someone have a baby, and that might have been exactly what happened to Mary. So it all seems pretty ordinary. But then what happens that reminds us that there's no such thing as ordinary on such an extraordinary night? Let me read a little bit more. Luke 2, 8 through 15. There were shepherds living out in the fields. You hear that? They live. They live and sleep out in the fields nearby. They're keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. I would have been too. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the, to- in- in the town of David is a Savior, has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. Listen to this. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Well, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. Okay, I don't know about you, but this will be a sign. You just saw the night sky light up with messengers from God, brightly, and now the sign will be a manger and a baby wrapped in some cloth. This seems kind of an odd thing to be a sign from God. But here we have these shepherds. And these shepherds at the time would most likely all be men. And because of the to- at that time, it would be very rare for a man to know much about swaddling a newborn infant especially at that time. But these shepherds were probably very, very experienced in doing something else, and that would be swaddling a newborn baby lamb. When a little baby lamb was born, if it seemed to be spotless, if it seemed to be perfect, then that lamb was very important, and the shepherds would take that baby lamb, and they'd wrap that baby lamb up in some cloth to be able to make sure that that little baby lamb were to be, was to be protected. Because some of those baby lambs would be taken to the temple as a sacrifice. The Jewish people at the time believed that forgiveness came when they brought a perfect lamb, a perfect animal, and it lost its life. That's how they were to experience forgiveness from God. So when the shepherds were told that a baby had been born who was the savior of the world, the, Messiah, the sign would be to them that this little baby would be wrapped like a perfect lamb. Lying in a lamb's trough where the lamb would get its hay. So when Jesus starts his ministry, we see his cousin John sees him along the way and in front of all these people says, Look, he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And so we know something later on in the story that I think the shepherds knew right away. Behold, the Lamb of God. Who takes away the sin of the world? The shepherds likely realized that the ordinary swaddling cloth and the ordinary manger were actually extraordinary signs that this little baby had come to save the world. So it's no surprise how these shepherds then respond if we continue on in verse 16. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. No one told them that they had to spread the word, but they were overcome. They had to share. And all who heard were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which was just as they had been told. So they go and tell everybody about this great news, which makes sense that they were so excited to share all of this great news, because they had been in their ordinary space, out in the field where they lived, where they did ordinary things every day and something extraordinary happened and God sent a message right to them, right in the middle of their ordinary, everyday space. And they had gotten a glimpse of this little baby that was making the ordinary extraordinary and they would never forget that experience of how something that they had seen so ordinary was amazing at that time. Jesus' presence on earth means that we if we want to, can experience the extraordinary opportunity to be saved by God, to be saved by the God of the world, to be saved from the brokenness in this world, from the brokenness that's in our own hearts, the sin that holds us back. We can be saved from that. Sometimes I just want to say to God, can can you save me from myself? In either way you look at it, we all need a savior. Jesus is our extraordinary saviour. Jesus is our extraordinary savior. We all need a savior. Jesus is the most perfect and loving savior that anyone could have ever imagined. And he wants to save us. He wants to offer us forgiveness, but just have to ask. And Jesus wants to offer that to us. These people in this story had been longing to be saved for so long. They had waited for so long well, they saw the brokenness around them and the brokenness in themselves and the brokenness in this world that God loved and they knew they were waiting for a savior. And we now, here we are, waiting for our savior Jesus to come back again and we see the brokenness in the world and the brokenness in our hearts and the brokenness that we know we need to be saved from. They had been waiting for a very long time. Perhaps there's some longing in your life. Maybe you're not even sure, what exactly am I longing for? And I want you to wonder with me tonight, might that longing be for a Savior to come into your life and to set you free? All right, here's your Christmas pop quiz. There was something else that was present as we celebrate Christmas, and that was these three special gifts that were brought by these wise men, we've come to call them. Who knows what they are? Gold. Sun, and myrrh. Okay, good, good. We needed a lot of extra help there. Now, this is a little box that contains some gold, some frankincense, and some myrrh. And so if anyone wants to see this afterwards, I'll bring it down, and you can see it. And so inside, there's a little bit of each, and I have a picture for you up here so you can see it. This little box, we don't know exactly what it was like, this gold and the frankincense and myrrh. It doesn't say how much was brought, but what we do know is this was a very special and very precious collection of gifts that these wise men brought. Why did people call these people wise men? These were folks in their community that were from the Arab community that were known as people who could help people make wise decisions. People would call on them and say, help us make wise decisions. And so the fact that their wisdom brought them to visit a little baby, that's pretty extraordinary, don't you think? They asked those in the town, where is the one who was born the king of the Jews? We came to worship him. Now, if you think about that, who would assume that a powerful king or leader would be a little baby born in kind of an unremarkable town to a pretty poor family? This is wisdom beyond kind of ordinary wisdom, don't you think? And so they came to see this little baby anyway, and they brought with them these three objects. Now, when you think about these little objects and, and the representation that we have up here today, what we need to realize is that these would be very precious at that time, even if it was just a little bit. They would have been very precious and expensive gifts, especially to a family like Jesus who felt very poor and didn't have very much. And so these things might have actually been relatively ordinary to the wise men because they were people of great wealth. We think that they had so much. And so then here they came bringing these gifts to baby Jesus. And in that moment, as they give those gifts to the family, they become extraordinary for a family who has so little. I think about that so often Maybe you've thought about that in your life as well. We all know people who have more than us, and we all know people who have less than us. But sometimes when we have certain things, we don't even realize how valuable it would be to somebody else who had so little. But in this moment, this meant so much. They gave this gift to this poor family, and they made them extraordinary. But these gifts were more extraordinary than just because they were valuable. Of course, things that have uh, monetary value are very very expensive that would make them very special but there's something even more important about these gifts and this is that these gifts had been talked about for hundreds of years hundreds of years people had talked about this incense frankincense and gold because a prophet named isaiah spoke about them recorded them in now what we have isaiah 60. and so let me just read it for you isaiah 60 verse 1 through 3 we'll put up on the screen this is what it says and hundreds of years before jesus was born Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I'll skip down to verse 6. And all from Sheba, this is where these men were from, will come bearing gold and incense, or in the Hebrew it's frankincense, and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. People had talked about these gifts for hundreds of years. But it might have been surprising that these gifts were entering into this scene because people had often thought about this part of Isaiah. We can leave it up for people to look at it. They've thought about this as being referring to Jerusalem, the holy city as they would think about it. Jerusalem is gonna be the place where nations are drawn to this city. Jerusalem is the place where the glory of God shines around this city. People from the east will come bearing gifts to this special, special city. But here we now see something amazing happening right here in in this part of the story. Nations now will be drawn to Jesus. The glory of the Lord is present with Jesus. People have come from the east to bring these very special gifts to honor Jesus, the newborn king Jesus. They brought these gifts to Jesus because they knew, just as they had, had asked that he was born as a newborn king. He was no ordinary newborn. And so they brought him these gifts. They knew that he was going to be the most extraordinary leader that had ever lived. These wise men knew it. Do we know it? Do we know that Jesus is our extraordinary leader? Jesus is our extraordinary leader. Jesus as Emmanuel, the with us God, offers to guide us, to give wisdom to us, Jesus wasn't just a leader that lived on the earth for a short time, but Jesus sent his spirit to be with us, to help us through the darkest seasons of our life. Perhaps the light and life that Jesus' leadership brings is exactly what you need this Christmas. What if we let Jesus come into our ordinary lives and lead us in extraordinary ways? Perhaps we'd experience the glory of God in new ways in this coming year. These words from Isaiah 60... Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory, or the light, of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Jesus confirmed that these words from Isaiah were about him. We see in John 8, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. But have the light of life. But he doesn't stop there. Jesus invites us to choose to accept him as our savior, to say, I want you, Jesus, to be the leader of my life. And if Jesus is your savior and your leader, then Jesus goes on to say, You are the light of the world. We are the light of the world. In Matthew 5, Jesus actually mentions one of those ordinary, small, one room homes. And he says, The light of just one lamp can give light to the entire house. Remember he says that right after he says you can be the light of the world. He says a light can be put up on a stand and it can give light farther than you think that it could. The ordinary turned extraordinary that night that Jesus was born. Because you better believe that there was probably just one little lamp that was lighting that one room wherever Jesus was born. This little lamp was probably the first beams of light to shine on the face of the light of the world. Such an ordinary object. But Jesus later says, this is an extraordinary thing, and you can be just like this extraordinary thing. Jesus invites us all to let his light shine through us. He later says, so that people will see the good things that you do and the good things in your heart, and they will glorify God. Jesus is the extraordinary light of the world and invites us to shine his light to the dark corners of our world. I don't know about you, but there's no shortage of dark corners in our world, are there? Jesus invites us to take up those opportunities. There's so many opportunities for us to glorify God with our love, with our goodness, with the ability to come alongside people. Think right now. Think right now of somebody in your life who could use just a little bit more hope We could use a little bit more love. Somebody that Jesus can love through you. Jesus proved his extraordinary love to us by coming to earth to be a human, but growing up to do an incredible ministry, to give his life away on the cross, but to come back to life to prove that he has conquered death and conquered brokenness. And now we're waiting for the future where he'll come and say all the wrong things are made right. All the sad things are untrue. There will be no more crying and no more tears, and so we stand here waiting and longing for that, but guess what? We don't have to wait for something, and that is to receive Jesus' love and to let that love be what overflows in our life onto the people that God puts right around us, the people that God brings into our path. Jesus wants to shine his light through us. If we can receive that love, then we'll be able to have enough to go around. Tonight or maybe tomorrow, when you're sitting in a living room full of people, Maybe just ponder in your heart this reality that God made you to be able to be like a lamp that can give light to that whole house. And you're each going to do that in your own way, the way that God made you to be. But you have been created to be able to give God's light to an entire home, to all who are near to you, to all that you encounter in your life. Jesus is the extraordinary light of the world and invites us to shine his light into the dark corners of our world.